Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits. Organizers, or should I say by a group of volunteers, Dublin Homeless Street Cafe offers hot meals, clothing, toiletries and friendship to the city's homeless population. And usually in operation every Tuesday night from 8pm to 10pm on Grafton Street, organizers are now unsure as to whether they will be able to continue due to a letter they received from the HSE environmental team. And Denise is one of the organisers of the Dublin Homeless Street Cafe and she joins me on the air. Denise, good afternoon to you. Hi Niall, thanks a million for having us. Good. Now Denise, you went on a a little bit of a rant and had a a rant on Facebook, I think it was, in relation to the whole story. But maybe you could fill us in exactly what happened. And Firstly, how long are you doing this? We're doing it over five years. Personally, I'm doing about six and a half years, but this group is for about five years now. Okay, all right. So what, what do you do on a Tuesday night? I mean, what, I mean, how do you get it together? How do you get all the food organised and what do you actually do? So every Tuesday night, we work at the home street cafe, but I suppose maybe that's a little bit ironic. We set up on the side of the street and we set up our tables and the homeless come to us and we provide as much as we can for them in terms of drinks, as you can imagine on a day like today. Of course. As we need it. Yeah. We provide food and desserts. We also toiletries, underwear, socks as many kind of needs that we can meet for those rough sleepers and people in need as we can on that night. Okay, the food is what's important, okay? So you do offer hot meals. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, what do you offer, like burgers, sandwiches? Or what, what is it you offer? We have a, a huge range of food. I mean, we could have stew, we could have um, lasagnas. You know, it really, really Sounds healthy enough, yeah. Yeah, well, we, we do kind of try and focus on that, that we're providing some sort of nutrition. Yeah. You know, and some sort of like calorie heavy even food for people that are going to need it, particularly in the winter when they need to be warm. Yeah. You know, our rough sleepers and that. And also things like sandwiches, things they can take away with them that will provide a breakfast or a snack or um, they need during the day when we're not there. Okay. And, and up to now, where have you been kind of sourcing the food or who's making the lasagna and who's making, you know, the stews and where's the, the meat coming from? Are they, is that, are they all volunteers think- or is that voluntary? It's all voluntary. So I think this is where the real issue stems from. Our whole ethos has been kind of that we are sharing what we have. So we would appeal to people and they share whatever they have and can do. Um, so we yeah, so just to clarify, you're not, you're not getting state funding or anything like that? Absolutely not. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm sorry if I could get you to move into maybe a, a Denise. The most basic of there. Okay, Denise, if I could get you to move into a slightly better area because your phone... Yeah, your phone is breaking up just a little bit there, so it's kind of difficult to hear. Just a little Sorry, bit. Not, That's yeah, okay. So just, we, we rely on really, I have a couple of pensioners who make some sandwiches for us, and that's what they can do and contribute to try and care for these homeless people. I have other people who will cook a hot meal, people who put together a dessert, but all of it is on a voluntary basis. Yeah, so nobody's getting any money out of it. Nobody's making any money out of it. Okay, and, and okay. so you got a letter from the HSE. Well, you were first of all greeted by somebody, weren't you, when you, when you, arose, you kind of arrived on Grafton Street, I assume. You were greeted yeah. by somebody from the environmental team. What, what did they say to you? Well, you thought it was just a protocol, I imagine. Yeah, so we hopped in, and we've never had any interaction before or any kind of, you know, advice or anything like that. So on this particular Tuesday when I arrived, there was two inspectors waiting for me and um, they wanted to ask me a number of questions. I suppose at the time I, I was really worried about it and I answered everything as much as we could. And they said, don't worry about it, we'll be in touch. I then got You just a thought it was routine, yeah. 
Yeah, like I was worried because they were. And was, what were they asking? Know. What were they asking you? Like, where do you get the food from? Who's cooking and what's the preparation? Is that the kind of stuff they were asking you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Storage. Were the kitchens registered as HSE sites where people were cooking, making sandwiches, right. providing a dessert? You know, was everybody has to train? You know, were we taking um, temperatures for everything? What kind of containers were we using? About our hot boxes that we transport the food and lots of different things. One of the main things as well, then hand washing. Were we providing uh, hand washing facilities in town at our table? Now, our whole thing, we literally set up on the side of the road and feed the queue that's there. Yeah. You know, we wouldn't have those facilities. You know, and if we really come down to it... Yeah, it's not, a, it's not a Michelin star restaurant. We, under, no. <laughs> we get that. Yeah. No, like we're, we're not a food industry, never intended to be. We all kind of fell into this by seeing what was out there and feeling compelled to help. We never wanted to be a food business. We're not even a registered charity. We're, not, we're literally a group of like-minded people trying to offer some help. Okay, now I suppose their argument, and I did endeavour to try and get somebody on, but unfortunately we couldn't get anybody on uh, to talk about it. And the reason being is they're sticking to their guns. Uh, that's mm-hmm. obviously the hazard analysis and critical control point is what this is, HACCP, uh, is basically in relation to, I suppose, precautionary measures to make sure nobody gets food poisoning, etc., etc., etc. And that mm-hmm. anybody serving food on any kind of commercial basis, although you could argue it's not commercial, it's voluntary and it's a charity, um, mm-hmm. has to be, you know, um, has to be trained. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other words, that all food, you know, if you're cooking chicken, for example, it must be at the right temperature, it must be stored at the right temperature, meats can't be stored over, you know, uh, desserts and all that kind of carry on. So mm-hmm. that's that's what they're saying. And they're saying that there can't be exceptions to that because I suppose their argument is, and I'm, by the way, mm-hmm. I'm not agreeing with them, I'm just saying this is their argument, is that mm-hmm. if you kind of dished out a stew tonight and mm-hmm. everybody you dished it out got food poisoning, somebody has to be answerable. And I mm-hmm. understand from your point of view, this is a charity, nobody's making any money. You're not going to be able to get, I mean, if Mary is cooking a bit of stew in her house or, make, or Johnny's making a few sandwiches voluntarily, he's not going to register his house as a kitchen, yeah. <laughs> you know, as a HSE kitchen to do that. So That's I think, a deterrent in itself. Well, absolutely. Who'd want to do it? No, I, well, I wouldn't yeah. be. I mean, if I was making stuff for you and somebody said, listen, from now on, you're going to have to have the HSE call out to your house and do a full exam. I said, ah, forget about it. I couldn't be bothered with that. Carry on. And yeah, I, I, get, I get where you're coming from, but mm-hmm. do you understand where they're coming from? as well absolutely and i mean i can tell them all i want that our food is of the highest standard and all those kind of things you know Mm. i think i think what really got us is when i first got the visit you know and the man he told me don't worry about it all these kind of things i went off and i did my research but i did find precedent that there has been cases much like ours where we're not a charity we're not a food business we're neither we kind of fall in the cracks there somewhere where they simply issued recommendations and not actually regulations having to register as HSE. So, so I think that we were really hoping for that little bit of understanding, that little bit of assistance on this, seeing as nobody here is making a profit. Nobody wants to do any harm whatsoever. And the simple fact is we're only there because there's a need. Yeah, if the of government course. were going to do this job, absolutely fine. I'll go home, raise my kids, go to work and not have to do this anymore. Well, basically what you're saying is if the, if the government were as efficient as the HLC environmental team, there'd be no need for you to be out there in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Dublin City Council, the government, the HLC, if anybody wants to provide this service that so we're no longer needed, that's our best day come true. Yeah. You know, if not, why don't you help us to provide this service? And we'd be only true to it. 
But I think otherwise, you have to leave us alone to try and fill this need unless you're going to do something yourself. Yeah, because you're not going to get your volunteers to go off to be HACCP trained and, and you're not going mm. to get them to register their houses and their kitchens as HSE kitchens uh, to do this. So when you say yeah. you looked at if there was a precedent set in, the, in relation to this before, I'm assuming, because I see charities all the time setting up little soup kitchens and little, you know, feeding people on the streets. I remember mm-hmm. going back to the early days of inner city helping the homeless when they used yeah. to be out feeding people. I'm assuming they didn't have all that at the time. Now, they may have now because obviously they're registered charities now. Yeah. But I'm assuming when they started out, they didn't. No, as far as we can see, this has never been an issue with soup run, soup kitchens before. And that, like you said, inner city help and homeless, where never had these interactions. At the start, of course, been, yeah. When, when, they, when they started up first, I'm assuming now that yeah. they're a bigger organisation and obviously yeah, the state funding. they have premises yeah. and a kitchen and they yeah. can, you know, meet all of those standards. I mean, how do I meet hand wash on side of the street? And, like, I have to kind of go back to, well, all through that lockdown there, there was nobody providing hand-washing facilities for the homeless who were trying to battle COVID by themselves. Yeah. You know, so why does the heavy arm of the law come down on us who are simply trying to help and fill a gap? Okay. And and what reaction, I mean, you obviously have spoken to the department um, and you've said to them, look, this is just not doable. I, I can't continue to do this if you're going to impose these kind of regulations or strict regulations on us. What does mm. their reaction mean to that? Is it, is it kind of, well, that's the way it is? So the only person that I would have been able to speak to is the inspector that came on the day um, and he did ring me before the letter came out and he, you know, he did try to reassure me. But I don't know that they fully understand that this could be the death knell to soup runs. We're not the only soup run who've been visited. You know, so we, um, we did speak to one local councillor earlier on uh, before we came on the show and we wanted him to go on the air and talk to us uh, and he'd be well known but I don't want to say who it is because he doesn't have his right to reply on the air, right? Yeah, but yeah. Uh, And he's a nice guy because I've spoken to him many times but he did say to me, he said, look, there's nothing I can do about this. He said, they're the rules. And he yeah. said, as much as I appreciate what they're doing, I don't want to come on the air and be the bad guy and say mm-hmm. these are the rules because they are the rules. And, yeah. and I do understand the position that he's in or that other yeah. councillors or TDs might be in in the area, uh, you know, that they can't do very much to help because the rules, are, in other words, they're asking the HSE then to break the rules. Well, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe the rules shouldn't apply to certain... I mean, like, for example, if I had a house party tomorrow and invited loads yeah. of people, I don't have to have my kitchen as being HSE registered, even though I'm giving food out to some people who would be total strangers to me. So, Absolutely. If you yeah. have a coffee morning tomorrow to raise money for the Alzheimer's Society or somebody like that, you don't have to have your kitchen inspected no, beforehand. No, of course not. There has to be a grey area. There has to be some leniency there somewhere. And if not, help us. Help us meet all these criteria. We mm. don't have funds behind us. We're not a, a charity, a business, restaurateurs, anything. You know, so to just kind of come and lay these down and Well, disappear. maybe that's something that maybe you should think about, I suppose, from your point of view, is look for funding. Because if the government are going to insist that you go by the rules and that you play mm-hmm. by these particular set of guidelines, which other charities might have to, by the way, as well, I mean, mm-hmm. well, then they should be funding you. And there's any amount of funding going on at the moment for, you know, NGOs all over the country. So I can't see, I mean, I think at one stage there was 117 charities for the homeless uh, all being funded by the state. So there's no reason why another one couldn't be. I mean, if you're genuinely doing some good work. Have you thought about that, by the way? We have. You know, when you register as a charity, it becomes bigger and it becomes kind of extra considerations to take in. You know, Mm, like you see inner city help homeless, they no longer are out in the streets. They are working from their business, a fantastic job. You know, so kind of your remit of what you can do changes a little bit. We still feel that the need for this most basic just feeding of people and supplying necessities for them is still there and it hasn't been addressed. So I'm not sure if we register as a charity and we register as a HSC site and we try and get people to pay for all these things for us, that that would work. 
I think we're really trying to... It, it, ta- it kind of takes the good out of it as well, doesn't it? Oh, I do, I do, tell people, oh, you want to help someone? No, you can't. There's too many rules in place. You won't be able to help yeah. them. Yeah, you know, I well, just, unless I'm paying you. <laughs> yeah, where are we going with that? Where is the safe? Yeah, I mean, no, people are texting. Somebody texts and says, "No, your house party is on a private property." I get that. I understand. But the point I'm making is, I could be giving food to complete strangers, you know, who yeah. would be friends of friends or a partner yeah. of a friend or something like that that I don't even know. In other words, I have Stay to take responsibility. Sharing your lunch with somebody who's on the street—that's over. You can't do that. Is, is that really? Is that where we want? Yeah, to yeah. Go? In other words, where's the grey area here? There should be a bit of a grey area. There should be a little bit of bending the rules to some degree. Now, don't get me wrong. If there was a complete Plaint, you know, and mm-hmm. somebody got very bad food poisoning and ended up in hospital. You would understand yeah. why there might be an investigation or there might be something looked into. Um, Absolutely. But at this point, yeah. you don't see the reasoning for that. But look, I wish there was you well. No complaint now. And as my mom said to the inspector, he's there looking up at the queue of all the people. She said they've 101 problems. She said, and one of our sandwiches really is this. No. We're only just trying to do a little. Absolutely, and I completely agree with you. And by the way, you're passionate about what you do, and you're doing a really good thing for a lot of people. And I can't understand why there can't be some sort of leeway, you know. And as you rightly said, you know, if they want to, if they want to do that, well, then pay, let the government pay for it or set it up for you or help you out in yeah. some way. Listen, yeah. I appreciate it, Denise. And I'm sure all the homeless people that you feed on a regular basis at the Street Cafe appreciate it. What are you going to do, by the way, next week? What's the plan now? plan is to turn up, I think. I, and, and, and risk, and risk getting a fine. Is that, is that a possibility, by the way? I, I don't know what their enforcement of action actually means. So at first, obviously, I was totally put off. But, you know, we have become an advocate for the homeless and we've had pictures shared, debated in the doll, all of these things. So you have to realise that your voice is strong. So I feel like I just I have to keep going on their behalf. Mm-hmm. You know, I, ha- I have to turn up. Yeah. When you say you've had pictures, that wasn't your picture of the young child, by the way, at that time, was it? It was, yeah. Oh, I, remember, I think I spoke to you at the time, Denise. Did I speak to you about that at the time? I, I think, think you spoke to one of us, yeah. I yeah. did, okay. I remember that, the, young, the poor young child uh, eating outside. I remember that's that picture that uh, went viral at the time and certainly sent us a very strong message out there that nobody should be in that situation. Absolutely yeah. nobody. It got us talking and I think, you know, I don't know, maybe is that the issue that we bring up too many topics? I yeah. don't know. Well, listen, Denise, thank you very much indeed, all right? And, and I continue success and I hope it works out. I hope there's some sort of leeway or I hope there's some sort of help given you to continue what you're doing, all right? Uh, thank you very Thanks much so indeed. Much, there you go. Denise is the organiser of Dublin's Homeless Street Cafe in a spot of bother. If anybody has any ideas that might you think might help her out here, I understand, by the way, the rules. I understand the department of the HSC environment team and why they're doing that. You know, we have to be very conscious, of course, of, you know, food poisoning. It's always possible. And I get that. The angry Christian says, no, if somebody gets food poisoning, is that same woman going to defend herself and her homeless service in open court? Uh, well, I, see, I get what you're saying, angry Christian. But, you know, as a Christian, you should know she's trying to do something very good for people and there has to be a, a way around that, you know, to try and help people out because that's all she's trying to do. And I, I guarantee you that every single homeless charity that started up in this country with soup kitchens or food runs or whatever it is didn't have those steps in place when they started out first. After they got government funding and nominated a CEO who gets a good salary, they probably do then because they'd have somebody organising it properly who's getting paid full-time job to do that. But I doubt very much at the start they any of them did. So there has to be kind of way around it. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.